The following audio is from Restoration Southside Church in Chattanooga, Tennessee, where our mission is to restore people and places through mission, authenticity, and sacrifice. For more information, visit restorationsouthside.org. The scripture reading today comes from Ecclesiastes 5, verses 1 through 7. Guard your steps when you go to the house of God. To draw near to listen is better than to offer the sacrifice of fools, for they do not know that they are doing evil. Be not rash with your mouth, nor let your heart be hasty to utter a word before God, for God is in heaven and you are on earth. Therefore, let your words be few. For a dream comes with much business, and a fool's voice with many words. When you vow a vow to God, do not delay in paying it, for he has no pleasure in fools. Pay what you vow. It is better that you should not vow than that you should vow and not pay. Let not your mouth lead you into sin, and do not say before the messenger that it was a mistake. Why should God be angry at your voice and destroy the work of your hands? For when dreams increase and words grow many, there is vanity. But God is the one you must fear. Good morning, Restoration Southside. I'm delighted to be with you this morning. We're going to continue our study of Ecclesiastes. We're turning Ecclesiastes 5 as was just read for you. But I want to show you something before we dive in. Ecclesiastes has been poking holes in all of the things that we try to find meaning in under the sun. So work and relationships and achievement and advancement and pleasure and wisdom. And now the author turns his attention to the vanity of empty religion. It's a hard but important text for us to wrestle through. So let's pray and ask God to bless our study of his word this morning. Lord, would you have mercy on me, a sinner? I thank you and I praise you for your word and your Holy Spirit. And I ask that you would be with us, that you would convict us by your Holy Spirit about any parts of our faith that are filled with hypocrisy. I pray that we would be the kind of church that you have designed us to be. One that listens well, one that speaks honestly. We need your help to live like this and we ask that you would bless us now. It's in Jesus name that we pray, amen. There's an old funny video on the internet that's talking about the generation of youth pastors who were super cool and had the right hair and the right clothes. This particular video is making fun of a fake youth pastor named Ignatius. And they're interviewing Ignatius and they're asking him all kinds of questions like, what's it take to be a good youth pastor, a great youth pastor? And he says, well, my answer is always the same. An Xbox 360, a copy of Rock Band, a book deal, and there's something else, a moderately priced haircut. Mine costs $70. He said, we're going to name our youth group Flame based on some verse in the Bible. Later, as Ignatius is addressing his youth group, he said, did anybody bring their Bibles tonight? And he says, hold them out. Get those. Put them over your head. And he says, repeat after me. God's word is living and active. It's powerful. It's more than I can deal with at this strange time of my life. So put them under your seat because you're not going to need them tonight. 
it's silly and it's poking fun at the idea that spirituality can be for show, for how others view us, for how it makes us feel instead of genuine love of God. And that's exactly what he's addressing here in Ecclesiastes. The sense that we can worship in such a loud and bright and powerful way and as if it's totally lost on God what our hearts look like. This simple text tells us a couple of things. That real spirituality is quiet. Real spirituality is quiet. And that real spirituality is honest in its faithfulness. Is honest in its faithfulness. First of all, real spirituality is quiet. Would you glance down with me in the first few verses of Ecclesiastes 5? This is, guard your steps when you go to the house of God to draw near to listen To draw near to listen is better than to offer the sacrifice of fools, for they do not even know that they are doing evil. Be not rash with your mouth, nor let your heart be hasty to utter a word before God. For God is in heaven and you are on earth, therefore let your words be few. For a dream comes with much business and a fool's voice with many words." Ecclesiastes here is calling out for us the tendency that real worship is flashy, it's loud, it's speaking our spirituality out into the world. And here the author is saying, you listen and you listen good. Real worship is this posture of quietness, humility, of listening instead of speaking. It's not having a high view of self. It's not having all the answers. It's having a high view of God which quiets your mouth. Jesus said it himself in Matthew 7. He said, and when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues, on the street corners, to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, Close the door and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep babbling on like the pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. You see, Jesus is making a similar point that one who understands what God is like knows that we are always in a posture of receiving, of dependence upon God. That He's the one that speaks and we're the ones that listen. So genuine spirituality has a humility to it, a softness to it. It's important that we talk through that because that is not our reputation. Spiritual people are generally known as talkative people that mow others over in a sense of superiority over them. As if those who believe have all the answers and they're quickly able to give it to others. And Jesus is saying here, this genuine spirituality should cause you to be low, to be quick to listen, slow to speak. Is that what's true of you? 
Or do you feel like you won't be a more mature Christian until you know more, until you can say more, until you say more to others? Well, maybe some of us need to hear that being a more mature Christian means saying less, listening more, hearing the problems of the people around us. Gibson, a commentator on this passage says, Someone has said that when we pray, we tend to think it's like talking into a spiritual microphone with God listening on the end through a set of heavenly earphones. But he says, but in fact, when we pray, God is listening to us with a spiritual stethoscope. To draw near to listen is better than to offer the sacrifice of fools, for they do not know that they are doing evil. The people in Isaiah were doing this exact same thing. They were not doing justice, not doing faithfulness, not doing mercy, and yet they come and bring big sacrifices. God says to them in Isaiah, I have no pleasure in the bulls and lambs and goats when you come to appear before me. Stop bringing meaningless offerings. Your incense is detestable to me. He's saying you can sacrifice Draw attention as much as you like, but I'm looking at your heart, which is either quiet and humble or loud and proud. Jesus tells this parable also in the New Testament to some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else. Jesus told this parable, two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even this tax collector. I fast twice a week and I give a tenth of all that I get. The tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. I want you to hear that. When we humble ourselves, God exalts us. But when we exalt ourselves, God humbles us. I want our church to be known as a church that listens well to the needs of others. That's slow to speak, quick to listen. Ones that don't give all the answers as if we have all the answers. But ones who show their spirituality by their quietness and not by their talking. There's a hilarious video on the internet which is sort of making fun of all of the, the times that we live the Instagram life and post the perfect video and post the perfect devotion. And he says this, are you a Christian girl that loves taking photos of her devotions? Do you spend hours framing the perfect picture without the payoff of people noticing how spiritual you are on the internet? He said, introducing Christian girl Instagram 101. He said, from the best-selling author of shameless workout selfies comes Christian Girl Instagram. Because after all, what's the point of having devotions if no one knows about it? The video is 
demonstrating for us the spiritual tendency to take what is pious and make it about us instead of about God. The Bible calls us not to do that. It says piety is about making God big and us small. What are the ways that we make the name of religion, use the name of religion to make our name great? We are supposed to listen and not speak. The other way that we can apply this is that we think that the Bible is sort of this buffet. I don't like this. I'm not going to listen to that. I do like this. I will listen to that. As if God speaks and we can pick and choose our favorites. And he says, you stay quiet. You stay quiet because God is in heaven and you are on earth. The challenge for us in that, this quiet, humility, learning posture, is is that our tendency, especially in my generation and younger, to look at things in the Bible and say, I like this, I'm not sure about that. And he's saying, your job is to listen, not to speak. And that is difficult for us. Anything that invades upon our certain Western sense of individualism, we think we can throw it out. And he says, piety is saying, I will listen and obey and believe even when I don't like it. Do other people experience the quietness of your faith? Do they know that you won't throw trite answers at them? Do they know that you'll be slow to speak, quick to listen? Or do they find you to be a know-it-all? You're supposed to have a quiet spirituality. It's not just a quiet spirituality, but it's also an honest spirituality. Real spirituality is an honest faithfulness. Read with me in verse 4. He says, When you vow a vow to God, do not delay paying it, for He has no pleasure in fools. Pay what you vow. It is better that you should not vow than that you should vow and not pay. Let not your mouth lead you into sin, and do not say before the messenger that it was a mistake. Why should God be angry at your voice? And destroy the work of your hands. For when dreams increase, words grow many, there is vanity, but God is the one you must fear. What he's saying is this tendency in the Old Testament and also in the New Testament to make vows before God. To say, God, if you would just give me this, then I will do this. This sense that vows add somehow to the integrity of something. We see that Jesus will unmask this in the New Testament and he'll, he'll say again, you've heard it said, do not break your oath, but fulfill the Lord the vow you have made. But he tell you, do not swear an oath at all, either by heaven for it is by God, or for it is by God's throne or by the earth. For it is the city of the great king. Do not swear by your head for you not, cannot make even one hair white or black. All you need to say is simply yes or no, beyond this comes from the evil one. Jesus is taking the spiritual tendency of us to protect our words, even if they're not fully true, and add to them with vows, with promises. And Jesus is saying, better for you to be quiet or better for you to not make a vow at all unless you're going to keep your vow. He says, if you do make a vow, keep it. But it's better for you to not make a vow at all, to let your yes be yes and your nay be nay. 
As Christians, it is so hard to speak carefully, simply, honestly. It's hard for us to do this towards God, towards others. It's even hard for us to do this towards ourselves. Paul Tripp says, no one talks to you more than you do, and you lie to yourself all the time. Are you careful with your words? About God, to God, about others, to others, about yourself, to yourself. It's this image of someone wrapped around a toilet bowl, throwing up all night and saying, God, if you just make me feel better, I'll never do this again. We should not make vows and speak as if we have it all together or that we can somehow control God by our dealings with him. Jim Gaffigan said this, he said, once you lose a kid at the mall, you know, atheist or not, you start talking to God right away. Hey God, I know you, I haven't talked to you in a while, probably since finals in high school. Anyway, if you could help me find my son, I promise I'll change my life. I'll stop going to Wendy's. Oh, there he is. Never mind, God. Well, we're off to Wendy's. Gaffin, Gaffigan is making a point in a funny way that we all tend to talk to God in crisis and promise him our own faithfulness and then never follow through. But it is God who has been faithful to follow through with his word. God who has been faithful to keep his vows. So he's saying real spirituality looks humble, looks soft, looks Quiet, real spirituality means telling the truth to God, to others, to ourselves. To not making big, rash vows that we can't keep. And if we do make them, to keep them. He says he wants us to be known for being a quiet people and not with rash words. We see that Jesus knew when to speak and when to be quiet when to challenge the Pharisees, and when to accept God's sovereign will for him. Isaiah says this, He was oppressed and afflicted, and yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before its shears is silent, so he did not open his mouth. Now Jesus was standing before Pilate, the Roman governor. Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus said, You have said it. But when the leading priests and the elders made their accusations against him, Jesus remained silent. He knew when to speak, turning over the tables in the temple, speaking truth to the Pharisees, speaking to his disciples, and he knew when to be quiet, to submit himself in trust to his Father. You see, the reason that we can be quiet and put our trust in God's faithfulness instead of our promises is because God knows when to speak. Sending a word, the word, to us in Jesus who would speak when we stayed silent and who would stay silent when we would have spoken up for ourselves. We can take our promises and our honesty seriously because our God is faithful. Our God shows up when he says he'll show up. And that should motivate us to be a people who are quiet and honest and in love with the God who has kept his word. Let's pray.
Lord, have mercy. Help us to not splash our spirituality and religiosity in other people's faces. Help us to live quiet lives of humility and honesty. Help our yes to mean yes and our no to mean no when we're talking to you or to others or even to ourselves. Help us to find great peace in the fact that you kept your word to rescue us because you knew we wouldn't keep ours. It's in Jesus' name that we pray, amen.